Hey guys, you're listening to the Shift Training Podcast, where we all talk about personal development, mental health, physical health, and emotional health, just overall uh, well-being. If that's the kind of content you're interested in, then please continue to listen to this podcast. All right, let's start with the first question, Coach Law. So the first question is, why do we criticize ourselves or others so harshly? That is a great question, Vaughn. Um, long story short, I'm going to say something like this. The voice inside your head that's doing that, what are they saying? Like, are they saying, oh, you're not, I don't know, clean enough or uh, you don't do stuff properly or orderly enough? And this is me talking about myself, actually. But in that case, where did that voice come from? Who said that to you in your life and put that value in your head? And, you know, how strongly did they say it? Uh, usually when we have that voice that critiques us to like no end, we learn that from somebody, even in a group of friends where it's like, this is the standard and your peers are holding you to the standard. You can be held to the standard and everybody can rise together. But if it sounds like criticism, well, when you play it back in your head, it's going to sound like criticism. So usually that criticism, we take it on and start to hear that voice all the time and think it's us criticizing ourselves. But usually that voice started somewhere else. And how we treat ourselves is generally how we treat other people. So if you feel like you're worthy of all the criticism in the world, but not enough compassion, then that's usually how you treat other people. What do you think about that, Vaughn? Totally agree 100%. You know how sometimes if you're in a toxic environment, especially when you're younger, uh, that could really affect your, your brain as you grow up. And if there isn't somebody that's giving you that feedback of like, uh, you know, um, it's not it's not your uh you don't have to listen to those uh criticism that that's like put into you but yeah usually it's just mostly the environment or sometimes especially nowadays the the technology uh could also affect us you know because of the harsh criticism the comments that you get so yeah, yeah that seems to be kind of the culture these days so vaughn i have a question <laughs> for you the next question is what is like a healthy level of self-doubt? Hmm. What is the healthy level of self-doubt? Okay, I, I think for me personally, having self-doubt is a healthy thing because it helps you to be prepared on whatever it is that you are preparing to. So let's say you have an audition, uh, you're about to perform and, or dance or whatever it is, that self-doubt that you feel in your body helps you to prepare harder so you won't embarrass yourself. But I believe it becomes uh, paralyzing or it becomes negative when you get paralyzed with your own negative thoughts that you don't take any action. So yeah, I think that's, that's a f as long as you feel and you are taking action and making sure that you're trying your best, I think that's a healthy uh, level of self-doubt. I completely agree. Yeah, I think healthy, the way that I define healthy mm -hmm. is that, um, is it sustainable? Does it work? Does it lend itself to growth without destroying you? Like net gain, is it good? Net gain, is it positive? So a healthy level of self-doubt is understanding the reality of like your skill set and understanding the reality of possibility and just trying to put that together like, I am decent at this, so what's the odds of me or probability 
of me, you know, totally knocking this out of the park when my skill set is decent. There's a possibility there. There's a probability, but the probability might be lower. Well, if you go, I sharpen my skill set. I'm really on point with this. Not that you should be so high in the sky and your ego be out of control, but is it enough for you to go, yeah, I doubt it could go wrong a little bit, but you know what? It's more likely that I will knock it out the park. You know, so I think that's, uh, like you said, I think it's a good balance for mm. self-doubt. Yeah, usually self-doubt, it's not, it's not always a negative thing. You know, we could use it as, a, as an advantage. So that's, uh, we can transition with the next topic, which is vulnerability. So the next question is, why is vulnerability a powerful tool that we can use? Awesome. Yeah. So vulnerability is a powerful tool. And usually when we think of vulnerability, I mean, unless you've been studying like Brene Brown, usually vulnerability means like risk and being vulnerable is kind of taking a risk, but taking risks is, is how we grow. That's what an opportunity is. An opportunity is risky and that's exactly how we grow. If we never took any uh, risks or jumped any opportunities, we would never grow. So Vulnerability is powerful in that way. When it comes to self-doubt and self-criticism, if you can't sit with yourself and be vulnerable, like be honest and real and raw, as some might say, um, about what's going on with yourself, like if you never ask the question, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing right now? You know, does this even matter to me? Should I even be doing this? Like, who am I doing this for? Like just thinking about what's going on with you or asking yourself, why do I feel this way? What's happening? Hey, are you okay? Why, what's wrong? You're not okay. Something's up. What's going on? Just being able to have that open dialogue as if you're being there for your best friend or somebody else that you really love, you know, you should be directing that same little vulnerability towards yourself, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to self-doubt and self-criticism. And in doing so, the thing that makes it a powerful tool is that you get to level up. So all your connections, all of your quality of your interactions with people is definitely going to have some level of vulnerability in there. There's got to be some point of openness. Think of vulnerability as an open door or a point of connection. If you can't open a door and you're not going to have connection, you're just going to have headbutting with people. You need to be able to open doors, have vulnerability, and you can have those connections with people. Um, so I think that's the other big superpower. Being able to connect with yourself, being open to leveling up and growing in your own life, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, in all the ways, and also the quality of your interactions with people. Um, that's what I have to say about vulnerability. What do you think, Vaughn? I absolutely agree to everything that you just said. You know, I think uh, being vulnerable to the people that you trust um, is the best way to get that connection and be more relatable because we are all not perfect you know and if somebody if you become vulnerable uh to this person when you're talking to them it's it's way easier because like i said we're, we're not perfect and if they see your flaws and that 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 brings up that connection is the fastest way to connect with other people but as I said, you know, I think there's a caveat to that, you know, um, there's a place in time where you share your vulnerable, uh, vulnerable side, because some people could take advantage of that and use against you. So, but definitely, um, yeah, use your vulnerability, show, show your weaknesses, and you'll be able to relate to other people. Absolutely. Time and place 
matter when it comes to that. You can't just be hard on the sleeve, getting hard all the time, but what's happening? Why are people always hurting me and doing that? You you need to work on your discernment so you can evaluate. So thank you, Vaughn, for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. Excellent point about vulnerability. With that in mind, let's talk about self-care because vulnerability without self-care, that's how you get walked all over all the time. So question for you, Vaughn, is what are some healthy self-care practices? Mm. All right. So for me personally, I'll keep it basic. And the, the foundation is always the key, you know. So first of all, I believe uh, for me, the one that really helped me a lot is meditation in the morning or praying, whichever one is uh, is resonating with you. So I meditate. It's the reason why I meditate is because just to give me more clarity. So that way throughout the day, I am not on a reactive mode. I am aware with my own emotion or whatever it is that's going on with the environment. Second is physical um, uh, exercise. This helps me to, you know, uh, connect my mind and body uh, together. And every time I, I exercise, I don't feel lethargic or lazy. It just gives me this extra energy. Third one is eating healthy food, you know, uh, eating food that are nourishing your brain and your body. It helps you to become more productive. And lastly, this is very common that most people don't do is sleeping. Okay. We need quality sleep. So that way the next day we can have the right energy that we need to put on, on our activity or anything that we do in our life. So those four, meditate or praying, um, exercise, sleep, and eating healthy food. Those are excellent self-care tips. I have a couple myself as well for that. Um, I think also like sometimes just going out, being outside in nature, just walking, reconnecting, um, a little hike type deal. But I feel like a lot of the ones that we just listed are, you know, require a fair amount of action. Maybe here's some simpler ones, like for myself, just consistently drinking water. Um, I think the idea of self-care is how much care are you putting into that effort or that action? Like think about it as like someone just bought you a gift and they just ordered it on Amazon and they send it to you, whatever. And that's cool and all, but maybe it's something random. You don't really feel like there's care in it. But if that person maybe order you something like, and maybe gifts aren't, isn't your love language. So we're going to set that aside for now. But that you could tell they took the time to care because they ordered you something that will help you solve a problem or something or do something for you that you've been talking about all week. That person's been listening to you and they went and got you something. So that's a little act of care. And I think when you do simple stuff, like, like I said, just drinking water, like, ah, I'm going to take care of you, body. I know you love water. Have some water. Drink in the water. Um, or just cleaning up stuff, keeping stuff tidy around the house to be like, oh, I know, you know, the clutter makes me go bonkers. So I'm just going to like do a little tidy up, tidy up. And that's just my little act of self-care for myself. Um, or maybe just getting your car washed because you like it to look nice in your car. But whatever it is, the intention of care needs to be there. Subtract destruction or <laughs> negative outcome from that act of care. Um, so with that being said, Let's go into our next question, Vaughn. Is there anything else you want to say before I do that? Uh, that's, that's it for me. And let's, we can move on to the next question. So the next question is, how do we treat ourselves with love and compassion? Ooh, okay. So 
the question we had prior was like, what are some healthy self-care practices? But this one is, how do I treat myself with love and compassion? And I think on the surface, they sound pretty similar. Um, sometimes we don't want to do the self-care practices because we might not be used to showing ourselves love and compassion. So, uh, and it kind of works in like a loop. So first off, you need to understand that you're worthy of love and compassion. And you might have to be the first person in your life to show it. You, like you have to show it to yourself, honestly. Um, if you're fortunate, you're blessed. Some other people have shown you it and taught you how to do it. Like you've had examples, but you're not doing it for yourself. All you do is copy those examples, do it for yourself. Um, so step one is just, I think, acknowledging that you're worthy of love. And then starting to take small steps just to express appreciation, gratitude. This is where I think really understanding your love language matters. So if, for example, your love language is quality time, go spend time with yourself. If your love language is acts of service, perform some act of service for yourself. If it's gifts, get yourself a gift, etc. So those are the things to keep in mind when you're uh, working on showing yourself some love. And in terms of compassion, compassion, like back to our first uh, topic of self-criticism, self-doubt, is really just acknowledging the person as you are. Like, hey, look, I know right now this is kind of tough for us. We're struggling through it. I understand that you're upset. I understand that you're irritated. And that's okay. Like, it's totally okay for you to be upset right now. After we're done being upset, what are we going to do? What are we going to do next? How can we take that empathy and turn it into action to give ourselves that level of compassion, right? So that's what I think about how can you do that is you're gonna take small steps and then the self-care component comes into that as well. Juan, how do you show yourself some love? Uh, like, um, I'll relate this to what you said from the beginning, how you know you need to show some compassion and love to yourself first before even like showing it to other people because sometimes it doesn't feel congruent when you're not even taking care of yourself and at the same time you're gonna take care of others so kind of like the analogy of that uh airplane where you have to put on your mask first before you even you know help other people even if it's a baby or any of that so the logic on that is because if you die first, then you become a liability, you know, and then that person also suffer or maybe die. So I think that's very important that, you know, you take care of yourself and show some love. And, you know, sometimes when we make mistakes, we punish ourselves. We talk down, talk a lot of negative about us that we get into that rabbit hole of like, you know, feeling all depressed and negative. So I think we need to acknowledge that, you know, it's okay to make mistakes and, you know, pat yourself in the back that you've tried your best. And also lastly, I think we need to acknowledge those small wins that we have and those small wins will accumulate. And even if it's just 1% better every day, you know, and think about the, the big picture, if you get better 1% every day, look how much you could accomplish throughout the year. So that's what I think about that question. That is a fantastic answer. So with that, guys, just to recap, today we covered self-doubt, self-criticism, um, where that comes from, what you can do about it. And then we went into vulnerability and the power of vulnerability, 
how it helps you to better connect yourself and level up in your own life, as well as improve your connections with other people. And we just closed out and finished with self-care. You guys already know what it feels like to feel loved. I hope you do, but you should know. And if you don't know, you better start practicing right now. Give yourself that. It's important. Take care of yourselves, uh, everybody. Anything else, Juan? Uh, that's it. If you enjoy this uh, conversation that me and Law are having, please comment down below and see, let us know in the comments. Yep. Subscribe, follow all the things. Comments are greatly appreciated. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Shift Training and we are signing out. Peace. Peace.